Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of A Guy and a Girl Talk Sports, where we are a guy and a girl who just really love to talk all things sports. So, if you love sports as much as we do, make sure you're tuning in every Monday and every Thursday for a new episode of A Guy and a Girl Talk Sports. And thank you guys so much for tuning in to A Guy and a Girl Talk Sports. We know there's so many amazing sports podcasts and just podcasts out there to listen to, so we really appreciate it. If you have a second, leave a rating, leave a review, and don't forget to subscribe so you can get the latest and greatest whenever we post. And if you want a little daily fix of a guy and a girl talk sports, hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, GG Talk Sports. All right, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today's topic is going to be a dive into who we think are the most improved players in the NBA bubble. But first, like always, let's get into today's highlights. So the first one, pretty cool. Shout out to Jay-Z and I guess also the Brooklyn Long Island University. They are partnering together to launch the Rock Nation School of Music, Sports, and Entertainment. What a school. Like, those are some cool right? things to have all at one school. I thought the same thing. So that's really cool. I would love to go to that school and be able to pick the brains out of everybody that's going to be teaching there. So I'm that's a sure. really, really cool achievement and accomplishment by Jay-Z and Brooklyn Long Island University. The next one, not exactly exciting. Really sad, actually. UConn announced that it will not be participating in sports this season. Yep. So they basically said they postponed their football season, um, and so that means that they will not be playing football in the fall, which then once again opens up the possibility or opportunity or question mark around a spring season. We have had other conferences who have just decided to play within their conference, which has been kind of the majority of the Power Five type conferences, Um, so we'll see how that actually goes. But I did just want to say one thing, too, about the Big 12, and they have a game between, potentially between Oklahoma and Kansas that they have scheduled as, I guess, like a game zero on August 29th, which is basically like, I think, only three weeks away at this point, which seems very, very quick because a lot of other conferences have kind of like delayed starts or stuck with like a mid-September start. So we'll see about this Kansas and OU game. That feels a bit crazy to like be so forward to have a game in August, but... Who knows? Yeah, I want to stay in college football for one more point or topic because the Big Ten also announced a 10-game in-conference schedule, and the players published an article in response to this listing a few demands that if they are to play, that they would like the Big Ten to just adhere to. And one of them is, it was kind of interesting, I read the whole article, if you want, go check it out on our Instagram, Sports. One of the things was that a player could get a medical red shirt if they got COVID for a certain amount of time, or if they had to not be able to play or participate for a certain amount of time, they would maintain their eligibility. Yeah. That's fascinating to me. And that's also, I don't think the university's decision because that has to go to the NCAA, which then has to get voted on by the board. So I'm very curious to see if the big 10 and that conference is going to go to bat for their players. I hope they do. Sure. I think it's the right thing to do. Um, But I just want to kind of throw that out there because it's an interesting thing. I mean, there's a lot more parties in place than just the big 10 and I guess, not really the Big Ten Players Organization, but let's just call it that for now. (laughs) made up one for this period of time, but maybe the NCAA just needs to kind of make that be true for all conferences, because I think that's the right thing to do. If a player misses out on two to three big games, like their season's basically over, so we'll see. All right, so moving on to professional sports, the WNBA players wore shirts repping the opposing senator and also wore shirts that were representing the Black Lives Matter movement. It, it honestly was just kind of a shot at the Dreams owner, Kelly Loeffler, after her statements and comments regarding how politics and sports can't mix. I would say they're mixing now. Yeah, they're definitely mixing now. So they, they wore shirts that said, said vote 
Um, and then the name of the candidate, like you said, that was going against her. So I thought that was an, a good way to kind of get a jab in, but also just be like, look, we are full grown adults and we can choose the things that we support and even that we can mix them in our profession. It happens all the time and we're more than capable of doing it. So screw you a little bit. <laughs> Say it with your chest. Yeah. That's just not the right way to handle things. That's not the right outlook. That's not the right way to represent an organization, especially a sporting organization like the WNBA or anything like that. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. No. It's a baffling concept, baffling remark. She's just dumb. Just dumb. So anyways, moving on. The Portland Timbers advanced to the finals over the Philadelphia Union last night. Little bit of a questionable offsides call. Was it offsides? Was it not? I'm sticking with that he was onsides. Yeah, so basically it was 1-2, to two, so the Timbers were winning 2-1, to one, and um, Philadelphia had just scored, and there was like five minutes left, I think, in regular time, and they scored, and everyone was like, woo, it's 2-2, two, two, it's tied, and then they said that it was offsides. You saw the yellow man over there on the sideline with his legs spread and the flag up in the air. And as much as it, they basically just said like his toe was offsides, is what they were basically saying, it looked so close that it's just very unfortunate to have called an offsides and that moment because it tied them up somebody I think one of the commentators even said this is probably a situation where whatever call was made on the field would have stood no matter if it was called offsides or not offsides so it's just unfortunate that they had called it offsides and then the goal didn't count so they did end up losing it's just like any sport though for me personally I love the refs I think the refs are out there for the right reasons they are making most of the time the right calls and they are trying their hardest to make the right calls that is a very hard spot to be in with that being said, that's your job. You got to do your job the right way. And when a ref ruins the game or when a ref dictates the outcome of a game, it just, it sucks. Yeah, it does suck. It's I don't like watching. It's not a good watching. way to lose. Yeah, exactly. So anyways, long story short, I guess that's a really long-winded way of saying we think the game should have been tied. But also at the end of the day, it ended with the Timbers winning. So congratulations to Portland. And we're looking forward to see who they play in the finals. So the final highlight, and this is the final one, guys. We're sorry. Sports are back, so we've got a lot of highlights to cover. The NHL qualifier games have been going on, and I just wanted to say that it's been great to watch. Really enjoyed it. I think at the very beginning, it was a lot more of seeing a lot of hockey players missing getting to hit someone yeah, <laughs> um, rather than strategy, and now you're starting to see kind of everything come together, and it's been really exciting to see. So looking forward to that. Don't forget to keep watching those games. And now let's move on to our GG of the episode. Steph, what is the GG of the episode? So if you don't normally listen to our podcast, our GG of the episode is basically a big fat L that we hand out to somebody who did something stupid, said something dumb, did something they shouldn't have done. And we normally try and bring a bit of comic relief to a situation. Um, Sometimes they do it on their own, but we usually like to talk about it and hand out a GG. All right. So this one goes to Gardner Minshew. I'm not sure if we're making fun of him, if we're calling him out. If we're handing him an L, because all around, I just thought it was kind of funny, but I guess he had a, he had an opportunity on his platform to make a statement, so we'll kind of turn this into a learning matter as well. But anyways, Garner Minshew, if you guys don't know, tested for COVID-19. He then had to be activated onto the reserve slash COVID-19 list, and here's one explanation why that he liked to give us. I did not contract the virus. It took one look at me and ran the other way. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he got removed off that list pretty quickly, too. So I don't know if he actually had it or if he didn't have it. Who knows, honestly. Long story short, he was in the talk of COVID-19 and having to do all those precautions. So I just thought it was 
it's not really a GG. It's more or less like it just kind of made me laugh. I was like, man, Gardner Minshew is a boss. Like only he would say that. I know, but it is a bit of a GG potentially to the NFL because there have been a few cases where people are testing positive, their names get thrown out there That's true. as being positive tests, but then they actually continue to test negative, and now everybody thinks they have it. So I think that's a bit of a GG. I think the NFL needs to get their testing a little bit more under control. Ooh, good save, Steph. Good save. So we'll go with this. Good game to Gardner Minshew because he allowed us to pick a GG of the episode, there which go. goes out to the NFL for somehow... Releasing testing results. Releasing literally illegal documentation. That's yeah. not you're not legally allowed to release doctor forms and doctor is like I wonder if they signed like a waiver or signed something that said like if they're because they keep placing them on this that like, is true. you know, reserve list for sickness and then that automatically tells the whole world that they I mean by default everybody knows that they place on that list is probably tested positive. So I wonder if they signed something, but if not like they're not directly saying that they have COVID, but they're also very make, making it super clear that that's what they had. Well, who was it? It was Matthew Stafford's wife. Yeah. I mean, she said that it changed their 10 days. And don't get me wrong. Let me just say this. You're very blessed to be in the NFL in the situation that you are in and to have somebody constantly monitoring your health and wellness. Yes, and testing you regularly. Let me just say that yeah. before I show her some pity. Because I, I do want to caveat that they are living a very fortunate lifestyle during a pandemic. Yeah. So, but with that being said, they legally or illegally released documentation and news that Matthew Stafford had COVID. Mm -hmm. He didn't have COVID. Yeah. He had a false positive mm -hmm. and then had a series of negatives. Yeah. Um, and so somehow that information that he had COVID got released and his wife got a ton of backlash about how they were handling their kids, handling their grocery shopping, handling... I, I don't know. What was the other thing? I don't even know what else. I mean, just being out in public in general, her kids got kicked off of a playground, all of this other stuff, because, I mean, the whole world knew that he had one positive test, but it actually ended up being a false positive, but nobody's going to treat you diff differently for false positives. So it's just like, I definitely think the NFL, for one, needs to make sure that the testing that they are choosing to use is accurate testing, because you're not seeing these questionable positives in other organizations. And then two... I mean, I would just be a little bit more certain about like double test them or triple test them if they get a positive before you just put their name out there on a list that calls them out as having COVID. So a bit of a GG potentially to the NFL for some of their testing at this point in the time. That's a good way of saying it. So moving on to our topic of the episode, which is the most improved player, in our opinion, in the bubble. Yeah. So we want to say in our opinion, because this is obviously our opinions. This is our beliefs. These are our just thoughts. Um, so obviously everybody else is entitled to their own thoughts and yeah. opinions. So if you want, we would love to continue this discussion on our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, GG Talk Sports. But Steph, do you want to start off with, who do you want to start off with? Throw it out there. So I'm going to start with Bam Adebayo. So he has been playing obviously for the Miami Heat in the bubble and he's been doing extremely well. We all know like the, during the regular season, he was doing very well too. He became an all-star for the first time. So it's not surprising, I would say, that he's doing well, but he's doing exceptionally well, even considering his good performance in the regular season also. So he's had the 11th biggest jump in points per game. So he went from 8.9 points to 16.2 points per game in the bubble. He has the second biggest jump in rebounds per game. So he's gone from 7.3 to 10.5 rebounds per game. And he has the third biggest jump in assists per game. So from 2.2 assists per game to 5.1. So 
That just shows me that he's ranked super highly in making the biggest improvement across all measures while being in the bubble. And you see it, he played a game without Jimmy Butler and he kind of took over the game, which just showed that he's made extreme improvements and I think he's definitely one of the most improved players, despite having already been good to start, but he's like exceptionally improved upon what he had already been doing. I mean, that's what you love to see in the NBA as as a fan, personally. You yeah. want to see somebody who's an all-star who then takes that leap to a superstar. Yeah. And I think Bam Adebayo is on that process, is on that right road, if you will. I don't right. think he's a superstar yet. If he keeps doing his thing in the NBA bubble and takes the heat to, I don't know, conference championship or something like that, maybe. Um, but I will say the thing that impresses me the most with that stat jump isn't the points. It's the assists. Yeah, I like that one the most, too. Because as a big man... It is very difficult to facilitate because when you're down there in the post, you got so many people around you. You don't know where to pass. You don't know where to look. Um, So for him to be able to up the assists without having all of that team chemistry for the past few months speaks volumes to the kind of NBA knowledge, basketball knowledge, basketball acumen that he has. So it's really impressive. During quarantine, for sure. And to now basically be averaging a double double because now he's averaging 10 plus um, rebounds per game, too. So that's huge. He's a lot better on the court than he is playing NBA 2K. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, who's the next one on our list? So this is mine, and this is probably everybody else's. And hell, he might be the MVP at the end of the bubble. <laughs> yeah. It's TJ Warren. Yeah, it's insane. He's playing himself into a big contract when he was literally let go for cash considerations. Yeah. Can we say that one more time? TJ Warren, potentially the MVP of the bubble and the leading scorer in the bubble, mm-hmm. was let go for cash considerations. Yeah. They're, they're scouting, literally, the Suns scouting department might need to get fired. It's possible, but now the Pacers are super pumped. So he is averaging 39.7 points per game. Which is insane. 5.7 rebounds per game, 3.3 assists per game, 2.3 blocks, 2 steals. He's shooting 65% from the field. And 60% from three. 60% from three. I mean, 65% from the field in general is insane, but then 60% from three, that just blows my mind. I think, like, that one game he had 50-something points, and he was nearly perfect from everywhere. Yeah, it's been baffling and mind-blowing and exciting and incredible to see TJ Warren be able to do the thing that he'd been doing. I just, it makes me excited. It just, it makes me really happy to see somebody like that who's had such a, I don't know, kicked around career in the NBA? Yeah. Be able to turn it into such a successful transition in the bubble after getting let go for cash considerations. Mm-hmm. Kind of a fun fact, if you guys are tuning in today, on Thursday, the Phoenix Suns and the Indiana Pacers actually play today. So TJ Ooh. Warren is about to go up against his old team. Let's see if he goes off. I think he goes off. <laughs> anyway, shout out to TJ Warren. It's really exciting to be able to see somebody rejuvenate their career, especially in a time where... A lot of people are losing their careers. Yeah. It's a non-traditional um, time for sure, but he's clearly making the most out of the bubble. So the next one on our list is Michael Porter Jr. So Michael Porter Jr. of the Denver Nuggets has been also on fire. I will say Michael Porter Jr., I don't know if he's the most improved. I feel like he is definitely in this category, but I will say he's just now healthy. Yeah, that's so. true. So basically from the bubble... 
He did have one bad game to start this, like, little eight-game season, but now he's on fire. He's averaging 26 points per game, 9.3 rebounds per game, 1.3 assists per game, 1.0 blocks per game, and 3.7 steals per game. So that basically ranks him 10th in nine category settings since the restart. So he's shooting 58.7% from the field and 93% from the free throw line. He's basically just doing it right across all stats. He definitely has help from the Joker. They're definitely on fire as a team. And we've kind of seen like the Nuggets go under the radar, which is their typical fashion. It's like they were ranked whatever, three in the conference, and somehow people still don't talk about them. So now we have Michael Porter Jr. who's doing extremely well. Like you said, he's been injured, but he's making the most out of the bubble. Do you know who their point guard is? Do you know who the Nuggets point guard is? I I feel like you know who it is, but you maybe don't connect the dots to where he's from. So... Um. Uh, I'll, no. I'll give you the name. Monte Morris. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know connect, Yep, connect the dots. Where did he play college ball for? It's a team you don't like very much. I know. They also have another player on their team who played at the same school. I don't know. Tell me. Iowa State. Oh, yeah, because I was thinking, like... There you go. Now you connect the dots. George yep. There it is. Oh, there it is. There's an Iowa State guy. And they always went in against Kansas, so we always knew that they had great skills. They were going to be able to kind of transition to the next level, and now you're actually seeing it happen, which is really yeah. exciting to see. So congratulations to Michael Porter Jr. I will say he's been injured a ton. Yeah. So I don't know if he's necessarily most improved. He's now just like probably one of the most healthy. Yeah, true. Um, and now you're just actually getting to see what his skill set can be turned into in the NBA, which is a beast. But I will say that just means that quarantine did him right because he could get healthy. So he's improved from the regular season. Like you said, he was injured and now he's really playing to his potential. So it's awesome. Well, I mean, look at Mike Conley. Look at LeBron James. I mean, LeBron James is playing better defense than he's played in five years. Yeah. Mike Conley is looking like Mike Conley. Mike Conley. I mean, it's it's exciting to see. And yeah. so I, I think... I like when the people have gotten to get healthy. Exactly. It makes it a lot more fun to watch just because everybody's healthy and able to play like their best basketball. Well, you get what you want. Yeah. You get the best of that team against the best of the other team. Well, especially in the playoffs because normally by the end of the season, you have injuries. You have people who are so tired that leads to injuries. I mean, we've seen that over the last few seasons where big players get hurt in the playoffs. So I just think this is going to be a really exciting playoffs. Knock on wood, we don't have any injuries because everybody came into this so healthy from having such a big break in between. Yeah, and maybe the NBA will kind of look at this and be like, ooh, not many injuries, exciting basketball. Maybe we can work with something. Maybe we can make something. Exactly. So it's going to be really interesting to see how the NBA actually transitions into the next season. That's one of the things that I'm most excited for is to see how they turn this into the future for the NBA. So going to be really cool to see. Let's move on to our next person. So I think Steph is probably more emphatic on this person than I am, but I will say it's been incredible to see him have a great bubble and just kind of be able to, I feel like this is a reoccurring word, but rejuvenate his career and his name for the NBA. Yeah, so he's, this is Grayson Allen is going to be next on our list because he has had an extremely successful bubble and He's had minimal impact, I would say, for the Grizzlies over the course of the regular season. He played some, yes, he played like, I think in the regular season, played about 18 minutes per game. He was just that rotational piece, yeah, I feel he was like. definitely on the second team. He had like about eight points per game, so nothing like too significant from an impact perspective. But because of some injuries for the Grizzlies, he's been able to play a lot more. So he's averaging about like 28 minutes per game now in the bubble, and he's absolutely capitalizing on every single minute he's in the game. So he has scored 15, 17, and 20 
in his last three games in the bubble. Yeah, I think what people really... And you can... If you look at those point lines, you're like, all right, that's good. That's great. But the thing that I really have appreciated the most is his off-ball movement. Yeah. If you watch him and if you watch these games, which we live in Nashville, guys, so we've been watching the Grizzlies games a lot, you see the way Grayson Allen moves without the ball. And that was one thing I appreciated with him at Duke was that he could move without the ball and you can't find him. Yeah. He has a fantastic sense of the game and he's always in the right spot at the right time. And now you finally get to see him actually hitting the shots that he was supposed to hit. And it's really great to see. Yeah, and he's been hitting some big threes. And yes, those like points per game don't sound anything too spectacular. But in relation to what he was doing before it is. But if you listen to this, the first game he was 5-9, and nine, then 6-10, of 10, and then 7-10. of 10. So he's been super efficient when he has the ball in his hands too. I do always like he's not scared to shoot it. So he's not scared to shoot threes, not hesitant. He just shoots it because he knows he's good. And he's been extremely efficient anytime he gets the ball in his hands. I've also really liked his defense, too. I mean, he was against J.J. Redick whenever they played the Pelicans, and I thought he was doing a really good job of kind of locking him up, even though they ended up losing. But I thought his defense was extremely impressive, too. Yeah, I do want to kind of talk about the Memphis Grizzlies for a second. They have been on a downhill spiral. Oh, and four. But it is because of injury. You can say that it's because they aren't playing great or the town in the bubble is better than them or whatever the case may be. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is the Grizzlies are playing on a hobbled leg. Yeah. I mean, they are trying to literally jump to the finish line and make it to the playoffs, which sadly at this point in time, I really don't think they're going to make it. Yeah, I don't think so either. And even if they did make it to the playoffs, they will probably go out quickly in the first round just because of that exact reason. They're I don't missing. even think the first round. Do you think that they make it out of the eighth seed uh Qualifier? Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, either. But if they did make it into any sort of like true playoff matchup, they definitely want to make it out of that. They're missing Jaron Jackson, who is a massive contributor for them. They're also missing Tyus Jones, who basically leads their second team. And so without him, they don't have any success when John Morant's out. That is not slept on. Yeah. People need to realize how important a true point guard is to your team when you've built a team around having a true point guard leads you. I know. So that's definitely shown up, especially when John Morant's not in the game. And then that means John Morant's been playing a ton more, and you can tell he gets tired because he's yeah. averaging nearly like 40 minutes plus a game. So you can then tell by the like end of the fourth quarter, he's like barely hanging on. And then a lot of times they have it close in the fourth quarter, but they just can't finish it because they don't have the energy and they don't have the, you know, the players to be able to finish it. Yeah, no, I agree. So hopefully they can turn it around. You never know. There's still four games yep. left. Fingers crossed. Still hope. <laughs> but the reason why I just don't think that they're going to make it past this qualifying round is because most roads are going to lead through the Portland Trailblazers. Mm-hmm. And that kind of leads me into my fifth player that I want to pick. And he's not even most improved in my eyes, but I've been seeing so many people, news reporters, analysts, this and that, say that he is just going off right now and he was washed up and all this and that, and it is Carmelo Anthony. Mm-hmm. Somebody put some damn respect on his name. I'm getting yeah. angry for him because of the amount of disrespect that he had prior. Everybody is saying, you should retire. You should just retire. You should hang it up. What? Why? Yeah. Because you got stuck with, no offense, a Denver Nuggets franchise that was going nowhere? Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. They had some great talent and pieces. They just couldn't really get it all going together and actually get a trophy. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is Carmelo Anthony, by himself, if I was going to pick anybody for a one-on-one game in the NBA, he's in my top five. Oh, for sure. He's maybe in my top three. For ISO ball, it's ISO Carmelo. Like, it's ISO Anthony all day. So, I think people aren't realizing what he was able to do at Syracuse. 
they didn't look at the full body of work for Carmelo Anthony. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. And the fact that you disrespected somebody that way and said he should retire, it just doesn't make sense. So I got to throw some respect to Carmelo Anthony. He's definitely in my most improved players. I don't think he's technically a most improved player. <laughs> yeah. But because of everything that everybody said, he's definitely in this list. He's hit big time shots. I was going to say, he's showing up big time in the bubble, which is huge. And I just think, too, they're calling him Skinny Carmelo, which means like he had gotten into really great conditioning, which is also helping him perform. He didn't have, have the yeah. minutes. He didn't have the opportunity prior. Yeah. I mean, you got to think about that. They brought him in, and he, he was out of the league, but he also. He was out of the league. Mm -hmm. So he had to get back into league shape and actually get back into mellow shape and realize how he needed to make his body work for the way the NBA was right now. Yeah. And I think you're seeing that. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think he deserves to be on this list because, to your point, even if he hasn't changed so much, people's perception of him have changed. You've seen some people apologize for saying he should have retired because he's still on fire. So I'm really happy that he has shown... Carmelo Anthony in the bubble. Yeah, and I don't even think it's necessarily about his points or his yeah. rebounds or his assists. I think it's about clutch shots at this point. Yeah. The amount of clutch shots that Melo was hitting in the bubble for in the Portland trip, thank you, <laughs> Yeah. is incredible. So, hands down, shout out to Carmelo Anthony for being able to kind of shut the critics down and go back to the original roots of what he was, which is just a deadly, deadly killer of an isolation player. Yeah. It's been extremely fun to watch. So we will see how these last four games kind of wrap up as we close out this eight-game kind of seeding round and then either lead into, likely lead into a little mini-series between an eight and nine seed and then into the playoffs because I think it's in like a week. It's playoff time. Yeah, exactly. It's really exciting. So we hope that everybody enjoyed this episode. We're going to get back into our GG picks. We're just kind of trying to get everything roll in and get sports actually fully back into full swing so we can pick some games and get all that fun stuff going on but if you guys want to continue the conversation hit us up on instagram facebook twitter gg talk sports and as always we want to make sure to thank anybody that is on the front lines during this crazy pandemic to all the healthcare workers anybody at the grocery stores anybody who is working during this crazy pandemic we want to thank you so much for doing the thing that you are doing and keeping all of us safe. And hopefully everybody else is doing their part as well. So hope you guys enjoyed. And like we always say, if you enjoyed, don't forget to leave a rating, leave a review, and hit that subscribe. See you next time.